Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Welcome everyone. I'm Clay Mills here with my compadre, Marty Dodson. Woo! <laughs> Come on. Marty, let's continue this train of surprising each other with topics to talk about. I like it. I've got one for you today too. Awesome. Well, I got an email from a Songtown member that they were saying that the last few podcasts, they love them. We talked about the business. We've talked about different things, but they go, what I really loved about you guys when I joined Songtown was how much you raised my level of writing, like with the, you know, the songwriting teaching stuff that you do. And so I thought we'd get back today and I just wanted to kind of talk about a couple of things that are common mistakes in songwriting. When we're evaluating songs, we see a lot um, that could actually just be fixed really quickly and simply and make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And one of my little pet peeves are songs that in the first line of the song, the writer gives the entire song away. I can hear the first line of the song and I know what it's about. There's no reason for me to listen on anymore. It's, you know, it just spells it out from beginning to end. And what I mean by that is, for instance, what if a song started out, I never knew my own strength until you're leaving crush me. Now look at me, you know, and I'm like, okay, the person left, (laughs) you you were crushed, but you're so much better now. Yeah. And I'm, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I see this a lot. I'm going, there's no incentive for me as a listener to k- listen anymore. Right. You know, it might have a hooky melody and I might listen for a little bit, but you've left yourself as a lyric writer nowhere to go. But if you start out and your first verse is just about, you left me, I thought my world was over, I'm crushed. And then you get to the chorus and you go, I never knew my own strength till I had to pick myself up, you know, which is an old song, actually. Um, I never knew my own strength till I had to pick myself up. That, to me, you get the payoff of, okay, the verse, I'm crushed. And then the chorus, you have your big idea of boom. Yeah, I was crushed, but look at me now. I'm so much stronger. And thank you, by the way. You know, it gives you somewhere to go. Yeah. And, and it keeps the listener engaged. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. And beyond that, I often even see the one of the words of the title in the first line of the song, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of cheapens that title when it gets there. One thing I learned from you was the idea that a verse has a job to do. And why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so in, in my lyric masterclasses that I teach, what I've talked to people about is the idea that if you think of each part of the song having a different job to do, it keeps you from saying too much too soon, like you're talking about, but it also um, keeps you from repeating yourself in other sections. And so the way I look at it is that the, the job of the first verse is to introduce characters, context, and setting. Sometimes you don't need the setting. So like in my song, must be doing something right. It doesn't really matter where they are because it's just personal between two people. But then the chorus introduces a big idea or big emotion. Um, If you think of the song, I can't make you love me. 
that that's the big idea and emotion in there. It's like, right. can't make you love me if you don't. And then the second verse, the job of the second verse is to take that big idea farther. So you can't just say this thing and then drop it off at the station. You know, you have to, right. you have to take that big thing that you just laid on the listener and take it farther. So if you, if you look at the song that way, it's going to keep everything moving forward. It's going to, uh, there's going to be clear delineation between what you're trying to do in each section, which forces you to to do different things and say different things in each section. Right. So what you're saying is if you keep the first verse simple and you're just doing characters, context and setting, then you have somewhere to go, not only in the chorus, but in the second verse. Right. So if you want to get into the second verse and talk about some backstory or talk, you know, go deeper into the emotion or whatever. You can do that because you haven't already done that in your first verse. Right. So it really gives, you know, and, and of course this is for verse chorus songs. If your song is an up-tempo fun song that starts out with the chorus, well, that's a whole different thing to talk about, but right. for a verse chorus, verse chorus kind of song, um, it's really important not to give away everything. And and I think that's why people go, well, I get to the second verse and I, I just get stuck. You know, I have second verse-itis, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I promise you, you won't get stuck if you say what you're supposed to say in the first verse and you don't say everything. The reason you get right. stuck in that second verse is you've got nowhere to go. And yeah. then you're stuck with just saying the same thing over in a different way that you've said in the first verse. And that's not very interesting either. Yeah. And you know, one, one problem a lot of times I see too, is that because the writer knows what the title is going to be, they, they know what the big payoff is going to be. They start advancing that big idea before the listener has heard it. So that's kind of what you're talking about is like, if I start advancing the big idea before the listeners even heard it, then I'm probably going to be saying what I need to be saying in the second verse, you know, because you have, you have to first bring the listener to your title. So that first verse is introducing everything they need to know to get them to your title. The second verse is to take that title and make it mean even more than it meant the first time they heard it by, by going deeper into it. Right. So what do you, what's something that you've seen that's kind of a, a pet peeve that you think you could fix in someone's writing pretty simply that? Well, you know, I mean, one real quick, easy fix that I recommend people look at every time are pronouns, because I don't know how often I see songs that are talking about the girl in the first verse and so, or maybe in, and the chorus. And it's, so it's saying she and her, and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden in the second verse, you start saying you addressing her directly and it's really confusing, you know? So one real easy, quick thing to look at is your pronouns. You know, did I stay consistent throughout so that I'm talking about her throughout or that I'm talking to her throughout? Um, That's, that's a quick and easy fix. I had this problem early on when I started writing because I'm a sound oriented person. So that second verse, it sounded good singing you there, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, and, but even though the chorus was saying she, and so it took me a while to get this, but what really helped me was now when I write songs and this just changed everything for me, I picture who I'm singing to. 
So if I'm singing to the audience, talking about this girl that, you know, I was in a relationship and I'm saying she, 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 then I'm not going to make that mistake of starting to switch over to you. You know, if it's a love song and I'm singing straight to the person, um, my wife or whoever, um, if I'm, if I imagine that in my head, then I'm singing that verse you, and then I get to the chorus, I'm not going to start singing she, because I wouldn't say that to my wife. I would say <clears throat> you. So I think if you just keep the audience in your, you know, remember who you're talking to as you're yeah. writing, there's no way you're going to mess up the pronouns because you wouldn't do that in normal conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you said you'd be singing that love song to your wife or whoever. I would recommend singing it to your wife. Just, just um, matrimony, word of the day, <laughs> matrimony. Um, yes. And the reason I said that is because I do have songs from my past that existed before my wife. But they're all to her now. All the love songs are right. to her, yes. Right. Glad we got that cleared up. Well, the, <laughs> the, the second thing I was going to mention what, is that um, moving through time is a, is a real challenge for a lot of writers. And it, it can be tricky to do. So I also, when I mentor people, I encourage them to look at how they're moving through time. Because it gets really confusing if you are in the past tense in the verse, in the first verse, and then the chorus is present tense, and then you're going back to past tense in the second verse, or even you're going out to the future, and then you're going back to the present tense in the chorus. It gets really confusing. And I think moving through time and writing a song that moves through time in a really clear way is kind of a high-level writing kind of technique. You know, you mean you have to be really on your game to make that work where it's clear. So one thing I recommend people do a lot of times is not try to do that, just to stay in a moment. You know, let the song be in a moment, not try to cover all this ground of moving through time. So that can be a way to fix things is just to choose a moment and stay in it. But if you're going to move through time, you have to be super clear so that the listener can follow where we are. And you don't need to jump back and forth too much. You know, you need to kind of move in a logical sequence. So maybe I'm telling a story about the past in the first verse and I come to the present in the chorus and then I stay in the present, the rest of the song, yeah. you know, so I'm not doing lots of jumping around. Yeah. I think basically there's two types of songs. They're the moment songs, which most songs are, they're here in this moment mm -hmm. or they're a story song. And I think where people get messed up is they haven't written a story song, but they're shifting time around. And so you've got to, you've, You've got to pick your lane. Is this a song yeah. about one moment in time? And honestly, the majority of great songs, you know, there have been some some killer story songs, but for the most part, the the really powerful songs throughout history have most of them have been about one moment in time. Right. You know, and if if you stick to that, I think you can't go wrong unless you want to write a story song and there's a lot of those in country and the past genres things like the gambler um you know they're not so common anymore but for a long time they were uh, a major part of country there's there's an amazing bobby braddock song called time marches on yes in, in which he he moves through time he's he's keeping each section in the present tense but he's also moving time by the cultural references that he makes mm -hmm. um and 
and that's a good one to study as far if you if you want to see what a really well done well crafted song that moves through time is that is one because you can real clearly follow what's happening in the song as the story progresses but he's doing it in a really really interesting way okay you heard it here marty dodson giving a shout out to hall of fame songwriter bobby braddock going kicking it old school hey i want to thank sweetwater our sponsor on this podcast they have all the gear behind me if you're watching this on youtube you know my my story. I'm a gear nut. I'm a gear head. Marty, he's got Sweetwater gear. Helped him get right those plaques on the wall behind him. <laughs> yeah. So check out the show notes below. And if you've got any ideas about what you want to hear in our podcast, let us know. Check out the show notes to our books. Check out songtown.com where we help you level up your songwriting. When you're ready, we'll get you connected to the music industry. So Cheers, y'all. See you later.